0: I'd like to ask you to look with me in the Word of God this morning to James chapter 4, verse 6 through verse 10. I want to read from the New King James Version of the Bible, and it says it like this. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and He will flee from you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to blue. But I like the way He ends the passage. He said, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. I want to go back to verse 6. He said, but he gives more grace. And then verse 7, he said, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. And then in verse 10, he said, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. I want to share with you for a few moments this morning on this thought today way back to God. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the word that you have birthed in our spirit this morning. And I ask you today, God, that you will let me be your voice for a few moments. Let me make the declarations, God, that you have placed in my heart and in my spirit for this moment in time. And I pray, God, that it will speak bountifully into our hearts, bountifully into our minds. And, God, that when we leave this house today, God, that we will know that we are in our rightful place with you no matter how we came in no matter what we faced in life up to this point but God that when we leave we'll be in the rightful place that you have designed and you have purpose for us God may your will be accomplished may your will be done and father we ask all of these things in Jesus name amen I want you to turn around the person next to you shake their hand and tell them you're glad to see them in the house of God today Maybe you haven't even spoke to them yet in this room. Let them know you're glad to see them in God's house this morning. Amen. Again, I want to share with you today on the way back to God. This has been heavy in my heart. It's been heavy in my spirit. And I want to be very careful to do what God wants done here this morning. James deals with the question in these verses that I shared with you that we have all asked, no doubt, at different times in our life. And that question is this, what is the way back to God? Have you ever been at a place in your life when you felt like you were away from God? Have you ever been at a place in your life, and I'm talking to maybe that person that's lost, maybe that person that's backslidden, or maybe that person away from God, but I'm talking to the child of God as well in this room. Can I tell you that there have been moments in my walk with God when I felt like I was so distant from the Lord? Maybe it was because of things that was happening around me or places that I was walking through in life at that moment. And in those times, I would ask myself, how can I get back to the place where I need to be with God? So that's where the question comes from today. What is the way back to God? Well, let me just share these things. What is the way back to God when you are not as close to Him as you once were? What is the way back to God when you have wandered away from Him? What is the way back to God when you have fallen into sin? What is the way back to God when you've lived for your own desire? What is the way back to God when you have compromised with the world? Listen, what is the way back to God when you have had a rotten attitude? That's the way to start it out, isn't it? What is the way back to God when you have wallowed in self-pity or you've been grumbling or you've been engulfed in jealousy? Somebody said, well, why would you even say those things today, Pastor? Because those are the very things that many people are struggling with today, that many people are walking through today, the adversities and the difficulties. And listen, I want to tell you, I believe that we're on the very brink of the soon return of Jesus Christ. And that being said, every demonic power of hell is being loosed to not only fight the child of God, but to fight everyone. And everybody struggles in different ways in their life. But those things I pointed out to you, these are the things that James is dealing with in this chapter. He confronts people that have been quarreling with each other, seeking their own pleasures, mad at people who have gotten in their way. they become friends with the world and its cultures and its values. And through that process, it has pulled them away from God. Well, let me give you something up front here this morning. To be a true Christian is to be in, lo- in a love relationship with God. Amen. To be a true Christian or a true child of God is to be in a love relationship with the Lord. In the Bible, God often describes His relationship with His people as a marriage. Think about that for a moment. He often relates to the relationship he has with his children, with his people as a marriage. The true Christian life is a romance, if you will. It is a romance with God deeply loving you and you loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit. That's what God desires of us, that there is a love relationship between us and Him. But at the same time, the enemy wants to interrupt that relationship you have with God. He doesn't want you to be near the Lord. He doesn't want you to feel the presence of God. He doesn't want you to know the love and the mercy and the grace of God. Therefore, there's continual warfare. Therefore, there's continual opposition happening in your life to keep you from that place. But at the same time, the Spirit of God is being poured out like never before to do what? To draw people into that love relationship. With God. If you no longer are passionately in love with God, but instead really love the world, it becomes what is called spiritual adultery. Where we fall more in love with the world than we do with God. But the good news is this, that God still loves you. I want every person in this house to hear me. It doesn't matter if you've fallen away from God. It doesn't matter if you've drifted from God. It doesn't matter if you're not where you need to be with God. God sent me by to tell you that He loves you. And here's the other thing He wants you to understand. It don't matter where you find yourself, God wants you back. God desires you. God longs for you. Doesn't it feel good to know that somebody loves you? Doesn't it good to know that somebody desires or to want you and wants you to be around them? That's where God is. He loves you. He desires you, and he wants you. And when we come to that understanding, how much better can it make us feel concerning Him? He always wants you back. James tells us here that there is a way back to God. There's a way for which you to know true fellowship with the Lord. There's a way to be near Him once again. There's a way for you to know His favor. And there's a way for you to be lifted up. Let me just ask you, how many want to know the favor of God? Got a few hands up. How many want to know the favor of God? How many want God to lift you up? How many want to be in the good graces of the Lord? What well, can I tell you, James reveals to us, there is a way back to God, and the way back to being close to God all starts with God's willingness to take us back. It all starts with the heart of God. He's always calling out, return to me, In Joel chapter 2, verse 12, the NASB Bible says it like this, Yet even now declares the Lord, Return to me with all of your heart. Then he said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 7, Same translation, the Lord says, Return to me and I will return to you. In the book of Hosea, God pleads with his people to come back and to return to him. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 Jesus spoke to the churches and he said this, nevertheless I have no, no, wait, 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 let me back up. Notice he spoke to the churches almost zipped right past that. In Revelation 2 4 and 5 Jesus spoke to the churches nevertheless I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from whence you have fallen repent He said, remember from the place that you've drifted away. Remember from the place that you've fallen away from my presence and repent. What Jesus was saying was this, turn around. What Jesus was saying, come back. What Jesus was saying, return to me. And I hear it so loudly today in the spirit realm. He's crying out, come back, turn around, return to me. Why? Because he wants to love you. Why? Because he wants the best for you. To the lukewarm at Laodicea, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Oh, I like that. He said he stand at the door. Now, he said, all you got to do is open the door. All you got to do is let me in. I want to declare to somebody in this room and somebody listening to me online today, he's standing at the door and he's knocking at your heart's door. And it's just as simple as you opening up the door to your heart. And when you do, he will come in. And when he comes in, everything will change. You may feel like you're at a place in your life when nothing's ever going to change, nothing's ever going to get better, nothing's ever going to be different, but God sent me by to tell you this morning there is a way out of where you found yourself. There's a way out of the difficulties of life, and His name is Jesus, and He's standing there knocking at the door of your heart. He desires to be close to you, And he desires for you to be close to him. I think it's so important that we know his disposition and his attitude toward us. Can I just tell you something about God? He doesn't want to throw you away. Can I tell you something about God? He may not like where you found yourself in life, but he's not displeased with you. He wants the best for you. He's displeased maybe where you found yourself but he's still longing for you. After talking about our sins in the most direct way, James said this, but he gives more grace. He said, you may have fallen away. You may have drifted. You may not be in the place you once was. He said, but the grace of God is still alive and well. And I like that one word in there, and that word was more, but he gives more grace. The NASB said it like this, but he gives a greater grace grace thank God for the grace of the Lord you may have fallen from the way you once were living but the more he gives more grace to help you come back into your rightful place there is grace that is greater than your greatest sin amen I said there is grace that is greater than your greatest sin. God always has more grace to give you. Listen to this. Grace is God's favor when we don't deserve it. Think about that. Grace is God's favor when we don't deserve it. I didn't deserve the grace of God, but thank God he didn't look at what I deserved, David, but he looked beyond all of my faults and my failures and he saw the need of my heart and he saw the need of my soul and he saw the need of my life and he reached down to where I was and he got a hold of my heart and he drew me in and he brought me into that place and thank God God, I listen to Him. I hope somebody's hearing me in this room today. Grace is God's favor even when you don't deserve it. With grace comes God's forgiveness. You don't know what grace is all about? It's forgiveness. When God forgives us, it's the love of God. With grace comes His love, His kindness, His acceptance, His joy, His peace. Oh, comes the goodness of God beyond all measure. No matter how you may have compromised with the world, no matter how much fighting and name-calling there's been around your household, no matter how far from God you have wondered, no matter if it's been only one, year, one hour or if it's been one year, it makes no difference with God. There is more grace for you if you will come back to the Lord. I said, there is more grace for you. And God said to tell you, you can come back. You can find your place. No matter how sin may have mastered you for a season, He gives more grace through Jesus Christ. Listen to this. In Jesus, God has done everything possible to open up His arms to you. Through Jesus Christ, God's done everything possible to reach out to you. God used the death of Jesus on the cross to remove the barrier between you and him. I hope somebody listened to me this morning. God used the death of Jesus Christ on the cross to break away every barrier, every hindrance, every wall that would come between you and him that no matter what tries to get in your way by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can overcome and find God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, New Living Translation. Paul said, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. Oh, I like that. He was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer holding people's sins against them. What does that mean? God has dealt with your sin. God has already dealt with Dealt with your sin so they cannot separate you from him. The only way you can be separated from God is if you choose to be separated from God. Your sins have been paid for, but you have to find your place with God. You have to accept the saving grace of the Lord. You have to accept that freedom. You must be reconciled to God. God has done everything necessary for you to be reconciled to Him, to enjoy Him. He's done everything necessary for you to be loved by Him. I want to say this, on every person listen to me. You cannot earn your way back to God. You cannot work your way back to God. You get back to God through His grace. And let me tell you how the grace of God comes. The grace of God comes as you humble yourself before the Lord, as you humble yourself in His presence. James said in chapter 4, verse 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud but He gives grace to the humble. God sets Himself against a proud person. Please hear this. God will not help you if you have a proud, haughty spirit. He sets himself against a haughty person, but he opens his heart and he opens his favor to those who will humble themselves unto God. If you humble yourself to the Lord, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you from finding God. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 57, 15 said, God said, I live in that high, holy place where those with contrite, humble spirits live. Let me ask you an important question. Do you want God to dwell with you? I believe deep down inside, every one of us here this morning, the answer to that question would be yes. I want God to dwell with me. But in asking that, can I tell you, He promises that He will if you come to Him Humbly, let me give you something. If you want to find your way back to God, you got to humble yourself before the Lord. If you want to find your way back to God, you have to humble yourself. In James 4 and 7, says the humble, humble yourself by submitting to Him. He said in verse 7, therefore submit to God. The New Living Translation said, so humble yourself before the Lord. To submit to God means to give up your life to God. To submit to God means to give your whole life to the Lord. It's an absolute surrender. You say, Lord, I'm yours. You are no longer your own person. Your heart begins to cry out, not my will, God, but thy will be done. You give yourself up to the loving rule and the authority of who God is. When you submit to God, that's what happens in your life. When you truly submit to the Lord. Charles Spurgeon once said it like this. To not submit to God is not only rebellion, he said it is insanity. You think we get hard sometimes in preaching. You should hear some of those guys. But he said it's not to or to not submit to God is not under rebellion, it's insanity. He goes on to say it's cruelty to ourselves when we place ourselves under the tyranny of our own self. And then he said, oh, that men would submit themselves unto God and be willing to be blessed. Oh, that men would submit themselves to God and be willing to be blessed. It's to not live every day in submission to God is insanity. Why? Because we are only being cruel to ourselves. We're missing the goodness of God. We're missing the blessings of the Lord. We're missing the mercy of God. We're missing the grace of God. The ultimate value of people in our culture is personal freedom. Listen to me. The ultimate value of people in our culture is personal freedom. People say things, well, i got to be my own person. How many times have I heard that one? People say, well, I just got to be free to achieve my own goals. I got to be free to fulfill my own dreams. They say, I want to be free to follow my own passion. I want to think in my own thoughts. I want to follow my own will. I want to follow my own desires. Well, let me just stop and tell you, that sounds very good. But in reality, it's hostility toward God. And if we're not careful, it can bring us into ruin. Because we're following our own desire and not even considering God. Life without God in the center is not really living at all. I want you to listen to me. Oh, we're living. But life without God in the center is not really living at all. It's when God becomes the ultimate part of the equation of your life that you find out what real joy is all about that you find out what real peace is all about. What you find out what real love and compassion is all about. I'm talking to somebody in this room and I'm talking to somebody online. You've been looking for peace. You've been looking for joy and you've been looking for love and maybe you've been looking for those things in all the wrong places. But God sent me by to tell you today if you will turn your heart back to God, if you will turn your focus back to God, if you will turn your heart back to Jesus Christ and turn your focus back to him you'll know love like you've never known love you'll know peace like you've never known peace and you'll have joy like you've never had in your life oh hallelujah listen so many have fallen into the, this kind of thinking that says I got to be free I got to be me and maybe somebody listening to me right now that's why you're in the position you're in in your life right now because you felt like you had to be you You felt like you had to be free and your personal pursuit without God has gotten you in trouble. Your personal pursuit without God in the center has gotten you into a place that you really don't want to be in. But can I tell you, God wants you back. I said God wants you back. I'm going to say it again. God wants you back back when you fully surrender to God you gain more freedom than you've ever known please listen to this preacher people think they're free because they go their own way no they're bound let me prove it when you fully surrender to God you gain freedom that you've never known you become free from the law that condemns you you become free from trying to please other people you become free from trying to be somebody that you're not you become free from your sin and the misery of sinning When you come to God, you're free from those things. You're delivered from those things. But all that comes from utter, complete submission to the Lord. And listen, there's a glorious freedom in submission because in submission we are living as we were made to live. I'm going to give you a very important fact right here. I know it's probably getting close to time, but please hang with me. I won't be much longer. One very clear test of submission to God is in your relationship with others. You want to know if you're really submitted to God? Look at the relationship you have with those around you. This is not going to be popular, but i got to obey the Lord. If there's strife, anger, bitterness, jealousy, envy, your heart is not submitted to God. Now let's just get real. If for those around you there is strife, anger, bitterness, jealousy, all of these kind of things, then you're not totally submitted to God. God is calling us to a place of humble submission. If you want to find your way back to God, you've got to resist the devil. I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again now. I'm talking to the lost. I'm talking to the backslider. I'm talking to that one's away from God. I'm talking to that one that needs God today. If you're going to find your plate way back to God, you've got to resist the enemy. James 4, 7 said, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you've wandered away from God on any level and in any way, you probably don't think the devil has anything to do with it, but he does. You probably don't think the enemy has anything to do with it. You think, well, it just has to do with decisions in my life, but who caused you to make those decisions? Who caused you to make those choices? Listen, if you've been losing your temper, quarreling with other people, demanding your own way, making an idol of the world, if you're hooked on or enslaved to certain things or pleasures that have pulled you away from God, guess what? You've been living under the influence of the enemy. I said, you've been living under the influence of the enemy. Sinning and worldliness is not living in freedom. It's being held captive by somebody who literally hates your soul, and his name is Satan. I got news for somebody in this building. Somebody listen to me. You hear me today. The devil does not love you. He hates you. His only desire is to destroy your life and to destroy you in eternity. That is his only desire. That is his only want. So you must purpose in your heart to resist the devil. Can I tell you part of turning back to God is turning away from the enemy? Part of turning away to God is turning away from the enemy. And the Bible says that if we turn away or we resist him, he will flee from us. You need to understand something. Satan has power. Now, I don't even like to say words like that. I don't even like to declare that. But I want you to listen to me real well this morning. Satan has. Power, but he is subject to any believer who is subject to God. He has a limited amount of power but he is subject to any man, woman, boy or girl who is subject to God. In other words, if you've given your heart to God the devil is subject to you and he has no more power and no more authority than what you give him. You can say no. You can say I am not going there you can tell the devil i'm not going that way anymore and let me just say it again he can't do any more than what you allow him to do so many believers are held in bondage to some habit or some addiction or some thought pattern and it is clear that the devil is always working on them and so often they fall into this place that they say I cannot stop I cannot say no but I want you to listen to me that is a lie that has been belched up out of hell that the devil wants you to believe that you cannot come out that you cannot say no but the Bible said he will flee from you when you resist the enemy he has to go period end of question resist the devil are you listening to me resist the devil and he will flee from you if you want to find your way back to God listen draw near to God draw near to him James 4 and 8 said draw near to God and he'll draw near to you which means come near to the Lord he'll come near to you can I just ask you do you want to know the secret to being near God You ever ask yourself, what is the secret to being near God? What is the secret to being close to God? I've heard people say, well, I wish I could be as close as that one is. I wish I could be as close to God as she is. Or I could be just as close to God as he is. The secret is that person has made a practice of drawing near to God. Therefore, they're enjoying his nearness. They made a practice to draw near to the Lord. And I put this in bold letters. You've got to make a practice in drawing near unto God. Why? God wants to be near you. He created billions of stars, galaxies, and more than anything we can count. He's the God of heaven and earth. Yet the only thing that really matters to God is you. He's the God of heaven and earth. He created it all. He put it all in place. He put it all in position. And no doubt for him to enjoy. But nothing means to God what you mean to God. Somebody listening to me today, nothing means to God what you mean to God. He wants you to draw near to Him. He wants to draw near to you. God wants time with you. I want to close it with this. Listen to me. If you want to find your way back to God, confess your sin and repent, and depart from them. If you want to find your way back to God, Confess your sin, repent. Depart from the James 4 and 8 said, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart. You're double-minded, but I like what he said in the New Living Translation. Wash your hands. You sinners, purify your heart, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. But he started out, wash your hands. I want to be very calm right here because I want you to hear this closely. I'm afraid sometimes we get caught up in this endless cycle. Sin and confess. Sin and confess. Sin and confess. You know what I'm talking about? So too often we get caught up in that cycle. Sin and confess. Fall into this certain place and we confess and we go on. And then later on we fall into that place again. We confess and we go on. We fall into that place again. We confess and go on. But listen to me. There comes a time we got to wash our hands and be done with it. We have to wash our hands and be done with it. This morning I ask you, what have you been doing that you need to stop doing? I'll be honest with you, I know this is graduation Sunday and this is not the kind of message a lot of people come expecting, but I'm telling you, God has been stirring my spirit. What are you doing that you need to stop doing? What do you need to wash your hands of? What has been going on in your heart that you need to cleanse your heart from? Is there bitterness? Is there ungratefulness? Is there discontentment? Is there anger? Get real for a minute. Is there lust? Is there wrongful affections? Here's a big one. Is there unforgiveness? What do you need to cleanse your heart from? What do you need to give to God? I want to ask you to stand to your feet with me, all across this room. I want you to know I prayed for you today. Every person in this room, I prayed for you this week. I was up early this morning praying for you. I didn't know who all was going to be in this room or who's going to be in this house. Even who would listen online. But I prayed for you today. I prayed for you this week because I felt an urgency in the moment of where we're at right now. What do you need to deal with? What do you need to put in the hands of God? What do you need to trust the Lord with today? If you want to turn it all around listen to me it's going to take a man woman boy girl to be honest with God today but I'm going to ask you because I love you with all of my heart if you want to turn it all around if you're ready for your life to change for the better if you're ready to come out of the misery that you've been living in and you've been walking through, you listening? If you're ready to be fully free, here's one for you. If you're ready to be truly happy, I ask you to get out of your seat and make your way to the front of this room. Now, is that going to be easy? No. But I want to speak to you today. I haven't given an altar call like this in some time, but I feel it in all my heart. If you're ready to be truly free, and you're ready for God to turn everything in your life around, and you're ready to take the miserable moments of your life and you're ready to let god turn them into joy i'm going to say it again it's not going to be easy and odds are not one person in this house will move that's the odds i didn't start this yesterday i've been doing it a long time that's the odds it's time to break the odds. If you need God's help today, you need God's mercy today. You need God's grace today. You need God's love today. You need God to move in your life in a special way right now. I want you to get out of your seat. Come to